BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Martinez is just one of a few cities in the Bay Area that you could call a refinery town. The Martinez Refining Company, owned by PBF Energy, is a huge facility, just a little bigger than Central Park in New York. And it's been around for over a hundred years. Now, today, it employs, you know, between 600 and 700 people. That's Will McCarthy, a reporter for the Mercury News. Many of those people live in Martinez and the surrounding communities. So it's been a part of this community for literally generations. And it's not just jobs. The refinery sends money to the city's Chamber of Commerce. You'll see signs of their brand around town at community events, like this annual fun run that the refinery hosts. So they're definitely a presence in the community beyond just being an employer. But that presence is being met with more and more skepticism these days. Residents are raising the alarm after several instances of ash and dust coming out of the refinery and raining down on the city. And they're starting to push for some change. So today, we're going to talk with Will about a shift that's happening in Martinez and why more residents want to hold the refinery accountable. Stay with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, 
Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. It's kind of amazing that it all started on Thanksgiving night. It feels really sort of like poignant in that way. And we were super excited to host all of our friends and family uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. Heidi Taylor moved to Martinez about a year ago. And unbeknownst to us, as they were leaving, they were being showered with heavy toxic metals. After people sort of went to bed after their Thanksgiving dinners, the refinery emitted about 20 tons of metal-laden dust um, called spent catalyst, which is a material that's created during the refining process. It's this white dust that people woke up to, this sort of fine white layer of white sand blanketing their cars and porches and windowsills. You know, people were sort of confused as to what this was, obviously, and some folks started reaching out to the refinery and and asking about it. The day after Thanksgiving, the refinery posted on Facebook and said, They'd received calls about the dust, but that it was okay. And then, at least for some people, just didn't really think about it again for a while. Okay, so there's this ash that was raining down from the sky. Residents are told that everything is okay. But then what happens next? So within a week after that release, the county health department learns about it actually not from the refinery, but from social media reports and from resident concern. And they alert residents within a week of the spent catalyst being released that it's actually contains um, metals. Honestly, you know, I didn't even know what these metals were. And then you start Googling things and you're like, oh my God, this is serious. Aluminum, uh, barium, chromium, Exposure to heavy metals like this has been linked to nausea, vomiting, respiratory issues, um, immune system concerns or dysfunction, cancer. The next morning after Thanksgiving, uh, there was an antique dresser in my front yard that I asked my husband and son to move over to the neighbor. And my son swiped his hand across the top and aerosolized all that dust. And I just had this recurring, you know, flashback of that that him doing that and it just freaked me out that he breathed that in that my husband breathed it in and that I was touching and disturbing that dust without ever knowing that it was there and it was also a concern because nobody knew exactly what the extent of the release was still or whether the soil was affected Mm. in March the Contra Costa County Health Department told residents living near the refinery that they shouldn't eat any food grown in their gardens just until they were able to determine that the soil was not unsafe. Geez, March. I mean, that's like months later. I would be pissed if I lived in Martinez, to be honest. Yeah, I think people were pissed because I think that they felt like they had maybe already been failed by the refinery now. They're like, wait, what? How are we hearing about this potential soil problem this much later? It definitely, I think, was a, felt like a tenuous time. You talked about how this refinery has always just kind of been like 
in Martinez, like no one really questioned it. How exactly does that start to change after all this? I think that there had been over, you know, this hundred year history, there had been times that people were concerned about the safety conditions working in the refinery or where, you know, people spoke up. But I think there was also a sense that the the refinery was a, a responsible partner. And I think that's sort of been one thing that's really changing. In the immediate aftermath of the spent catalyst release, a group of, you know, really just five, five or six friends who were just trying to figure out what was going on. And this is something that Heidi Taylor talks about. There was a city council meeting after the event in early December, and there were a number of us who went in person and spoke. And outside of that meeting, you know, I approached many people and just thanked them for speaking as they did to me. And a small group formed. And then we kind of found each other online. People messaging back and forth, some who knew each other and some who, you know, just sort of knew each other through social media, asking what they could do and what the next steps were, but also asking how can we feel safe moving forward? How can we feel safe, you know, with our families? I think as that group has sort of grown, gained momentum, and as people have become increasingly aware of the ways in which the refinery failed to notify them and sort of this safety record that they feel like is getting worse and worse, that has led to the group growing to now roughly, you know, roughly 100 people. It's also changed, I think, the way that a lot of residents are interacting with the, the city and interacting with the refinery. We show up at city council meetings. We show up at the Board of Supervisors, uh, you know, industrial safety ordinance meetings. We show up at the Bay Area Air Quality Management District meetings. We are there to speak up and, and fight for Martinez. I mean, Will, what do the people at Healthy Martinez want? They have a list of demands that include that Martinez Refining Company installs a wet gas scrubber and make any other necessary improvements in order to reduce daily emissions. Another one is to um, pay for the installation and maintenance of state-of-the-art independent air monitoring systems within the community. So that we can access that data and know what we're breathing. Another big one is improved public communication and transparency from the refinery. And then also for the refining company to reimburse residents, the city and the county for all expenses related to the spent catalyst released in November. That shouldn't fall on us taxpayers. That should fall on MRC, Martinez Refining Company. Going back to the release in November, I mean, are, are residents safe? Is everything okay now with that incident? Like, have we closed the book on that? I don't think that they'll ever completely know, you know, what the effect was in the moment. I've talked to residents who said that they've developed asthma after this exposure, but the soil was proven safe. And I think they announced that in June. So at least in, in that regard, it feels like this episode has, you know, a, a lid put on it. I think now it's really more concerns about continuing releases. Just a few weeks after 
the county health department declared the soil safe. The refinery released coke dust into the uh, surrounding neighborhoods, which is this black dust, which is sort of chemically similar to charcoal. They ultimately said, you know, this is not a concern. The chemical composition of the coke dust is, is not such that people will have any long-term health effects. But there were still questions that remained about you know, the, the time, the amount of time it took for the refinery to, to report that this had happened. They still took a few hours before the county health department heard about it. And so the whole story almost started again, where people were like, wait, how is this still happening? Is this like normal? I'm just supposed to accept being dumped on every single day? I will never allow that to be normal. Well, I want to talk about what now. There are these five demands from Healthy Martinez. Have any of them been met at this point? As of now, no demands have not been met. And these investigations are still ongoing. So about you know a couple of weeks after that original release, I know the health department recommended the DA conduct independent investigation of the refinery. I'm not sure exactly what the what the status of that now is, if the DA is expected to file charges soon or not at all. In May, the FBI and the EPA announced that they were investigating these hazardous chemical releases as well. Those investigations are still ongoing too. You know, overall, the the refinery, I do think, has taken a more proactive approach in communicating with the community. They're definitely not combative. You know, I think that there is this real olive branch that's being extended, but those words have to be backed up with actions. And what about the city, Will? Has the city done anything to help address residents' concerns? Definitely. I think that Mayor Brianne Zorn, the relatively new mayor of Martinez, her sort of entire tenure has been marked in part by this release because she was sworn in not long after it it happened. From my perspective, the county is holding them accountable for these actions. I think everyone has to understand that being held accountable under our legal system takes a little bit of time. And I do think that she's represented a changing perspective from the city as well in terms of what their expectations from the refinery are. She said that we're essentially having to reestablish a relationship with the refinery. We're all aware as we, you know, get off the freeway and go to our homes that we live in a refinery town. Uh, And we're very aware of how much uh, Shell previously and now MRC has uh, contributed to our community with, you know, donations and sponsorships and all of that. And I think that's why members of the public are so frustrated because of this event. The city is sort of taking matters into their own hands and just saying, We want to know what's going on there, regardless of whether the county thinks it's dangerous or not. We're the ones who are actually living here. I walked out the next morning and I saw a thin film of dust on my car. And my community is expecting to be notified uh, when things like this happen. Well, looking forward, uh, Will, what questions are you going to be kind of asking and, and looking out for as you continue to watch what happens in Martinez? The biggest things are what are what are the results of these sort of swirling investigations? Are there going to be real penalties or is it going to be a slap on the wrist and 
I think that will sort of launch this next phase of the relationship between the town and Martina's refining company. We talk about the shift that you see happening in Martinez between the community and its relationship with the refinery. From your reporting, what's your sense of why that shift is happening? Why now? There definitely is still an old guard who has lived there for a really long time and sort of is used to the refinery. And and then I think that there are also new people who have moved to Martinez in part due to its relative, relative affordability because it has this beautiful historic downtown. And there's a lot about Martinez that is really wonderful and it has this really rich history and community. This is something that Heidi Taylor talks about. I spoke to a young woman who was pregnant when they just moved here from Berkeley. And she was lamenting that decision. And I said, no, 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 don't lament that decision. Join us and help us make this a healthier, safer community. People coming there are, you know, not willing to necessarily make that compromise that other people have made long ago and are asking for changes. I think we are attracting people who want to stay here, who want to make it better, and to hold the refinery accountable and make them do better. Yeah, there are things about Martinez, it sounds like, that they feel are worth fighting for. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good way to put it. Well, Will, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was Will McCarthy, a reporter for the Mercury News. This 40-minute conversation with Will was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. I pitched and produced this episode and interviewed Heidi Taylor. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. Thanks also to KQD's Forum for the tape you heard from Mayor Brianne Zorn. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Talk to you next time. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.